This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, my name is Justin Hamilton, and welcome to part one of Big Squid Live in Adelaide. for joining me today for the first part of our Big Squid Live extravaganza. This podcast was recorded in my hometown of Adelaide, South Australia, on September 16th at the Rhino Room, and it was massive. Uh, A quick shout out to the audience who were fantastic. They were locked in for the whole four hours. Yes, that's right. (laughs) The show went for four hours. And this is how the night went, actually. Uh, First up, we did a bracket of stand-up that wasn't recorded and it was just for the room. That was just for the people who had paid for the tickets and were sitting there and we were like, let's build out an hour of stand-up. And of course, comedians have sticky feet, so that part went for an hour and 20, nearly an hour and 30 minutes. So that was the first bracket. Then we began recording the podcast and the brief was that all my guests were going to talk about the art and the entertainment that influenced them at certain points in their career. So it was a big show and what I've done is I've split it into two halves. So on today's podcast, you will hear Rove McManus and Ben Elwood, then author Garth Jones, who is also uh, the co-host of the Pass the Amel segment here on the podcast. He will be talking to me about his new book, Homebrewed Vampire Bullets, which you can still order. Make sure you get your hands on that. And then this podcast today finishes with musician Georgia Mooney and making his big squid debut. It's the boffin himself, Adam Spencer. So that's for today. And then on Thursday, you will get part two, which has Tom Gleason the fabulous Adam Richard, Limo, Mickey D, and we have a musical guest. But you can find out who that is when you get to that episode. 
So uh, anyway, I'll let you know more about what's going on after this. But in the meantime, if you live in Sydney and would like to see me live, I am appearing at the Sydney Comedy Store on the 28th of October with my new solo show, Little Victories. Head to bigsquidpod.com, go to the blog page and you'll find a post about my live show and there's links to the ticket page there. My listeners can score a discount by using the promo code podcast to get some money off. So make sure you apply that. And if you'd like a super duper discount, if you'd like even more money off to see me live, I'll give you more details about that at the end of today's episode. But now let's dig into part one of Big Squid Live. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Big Squid Live. Welcome to the stage, your host, Justin Hamilton. Wow. Wow. Fuck. Feels like I haven't seen you guys in seconds. It, uh... (laughs) <laughs> already started with an in-joke, the people listening are, oh, fuck, it's been a long second. Anyway, thank you very much for coming to the show tonight. How are we feeling? Are we good? <laughs> for those of you who may be new to the Big Squid podcast, what we do here is we celebrate art and entertainment and all the guests that you see tonight are going to be talking about the uh, stuff that really influenced them and uh, helped get them to where they are today. Uh, we try to love what we go and see and what we experience. It doesn't always work. Like, you know, like, fuck, taking Ben to a Marvel movie is a fucking disaster. Do you know what I mean? He just hates it. And there's Adam and I just trying to love it. And there's Ben just pointing out why everything is shit about it. But we try to love things except for Shape of Water. Shape of Water can go fuck itself. That's the one movie we don't give a fuck about your fish fucking. We don't care about that film. That's the one movie that we hate. But everything else we try to love. I've loved movies from a very young age. The first first uh, movie star that I loved was Steve McQueen and I loved the movie The Great Escape and I used to get on my tricycle and I used to ride around the house (laughs) pretending that I was being chased by the Nazis. This was back when you're allowed to say that and it was exciting and I'd jump over little little lumps. I'd just go, hey, and it was great. You know, I was young then. I was 27, but it was... (laughs) That was the first movie I loved. Uh, Then when I was about 15, I saw The Untouchables and I was like, what the fuck is this? I couldn't believe it. It was such a beautiful film. I fucking loved it so much. Such a great film where an Irishman could be racist towards an Italian, an Italian could be racist towards an Irishman, and then they love each other. That's the way the world's going to come together. doesn't matter if you're racist as long as you combine to hate someone else. That's how it works out. But I do, I think the problem with art and entertainment these days is we go in with a cynical heart and that's why we don't enjoy a lot of stuff and I think you've got to go in hoping to love things. Back when the movie Interstellar was coming out, it was a year before it came out, a little teaser trailer came out, went for about 30 seconds and I looked at that trailer and I said, that is going to be my favourite movie next year and all my friends were like, mate, don't build it up, mate, don't build it up, what happens if you see it and you don't like it? I said, it's not going to happen, I've already decided, I'm going to love it, I'm going to love it for a year and then I'm going to see it and then I'm going to love it and they're like, no, don't build it up, mate, don't build it up, like if you see it and it disappoints you, it's going to be a year. I said, it's not going to happen, I made a choice, right? Every trailer that came out, I go, I am definitely going to love this movie, mate, don't build it up, please don't build 
build it up. And you know what I did? I built it up. I built cathedrals to that movie in my head. I had like streets paved in diamond. There was the scent of lavender in the air. I just kept building it up, building it up, building it up, building it up. And then a couple of weeks before it came out, I got an invite to go to a 6.30 p.m. preview. And I said, yes, because I'm going to love it and I'm going to go. And then, a couple of hours later, I got another invite to a 9.30 preview of the movie, straight after the 6.30 one, and I was like, I know I'm going to love it, I'll probably want to see it twice. So I said yes to that one. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? What happens if you go and you see that time and you hate it and then you're going to have to watch it again? I said, I know I'm going to love it because I made a choice. I made a choice a year ago and now it's going to happen. And I went and saw the movie and you know what happened? I loved it. I fucking loved it. And I loved it more than I expected. It took me by surprise. I had built it up and it went further than that. And I had a great time. I went in, I sat there, I loved everything about it. Matthew McConaughey, what a dream. Boat. I loved him so much. It was such a good year to be a McConaughey fan because at the start of the year he was in True Detective and in that he explained that time is a flat circle which explained the ending of Interstellar. No actors had a better fucking year. How good is that? I loved everything about it. I loved Jessica Chastain, a young Timothy Chalamet turning up, fucking being a little delicious little munchkin in the movie. You know, it had really good casting. You know, it had Michael Caine. Michael Caine and he tells us, I want you to trust me. So of course I'm going to trust you. You're Michael Caine. Halfway through the movie, it turns out, you can't trust Michael Caine. Fuck you, Nolan. You tease me. Well, guess what? I won't fall for that again. They keep talking about Dr. Man. Dr. Man, he's the best of us. He's the best of us. Dr. Man turns up. It's Matt Damon. He is the best of us. Yes, that's great. Turns out, he's not. Fuck, you did it twice to me. I couldn't believe it. I loved everything about it. I loved the music. I loved how loud the music was and how it was hitting me in the chest and I thought my head was going to explode. I loved everything about it. But most of all, there was this moment where I'm sitting at the IMAX cinema, which is seven stories high, and I am sitting there and there's a scene where McConaughey's character is in a five-dimensional space and he's using gravity to move a hand to send a message to his daughter back on Earth. And while he's moving the hand trying to send this message, I'm looking at the watch on the screen and I'm seeing the style of watch. What brand of watch? And what brand of watch is it? Hamilton. It's Hamilton. <laughs> He's sending a message to his daughter. Nolan's sending a message to me. And that message was, you must see this movie as many times as you can. And how many is too many? Two, three, guess what? Eleven. I saw it eleven times. Eleven times. I'm single. Who can believe it? Don't give a fuck. Gonna die alone. But I saw it eleven times at IMAX. That's how much I fucking loved it. Anyway, I was with Adam Richard and I turned around and he said, what do you think? I said, I loved it. And then he said, that's great. And I walked out, I said goodbye to him and I got Claire Hooper and I walked back down and I watched it again. And guess what I did? I loved it more the second time. I loved it. And I'm so glad that I'm insane and mental because if I had not gone that second time, I would have missed the best thing in the world. Because I'm sitting in the cinema the second time, I'm the only arsehole there who knows that Dr. Man is Matt Damon. I'm the only person in that cinema who knows that's popping up. And I'm sitting there so fucking excited because I'm going to get all of their experience and go, what the fuck? So I'm sitting there getting to that moment. I didn't want to break it for anyone. I wanted them to enjoy it. And then it gets to that moment and the whole audience gasps. And then I hear very quietly, three seats away from me, I just hear, one person go, Matt Damon. <laughs> and if I wasn't insane going twice, I would have fucking missed that glorious moment. <laughs> All right. We, are, we have uh, quite a few uh, guests for you this evening and it is going to be a lot of fun. So we are going to bring out our first guest and... Uh, 
you're going to be very excited. One of them's making his debut in Adelaide and another one's making his debut tonight because you haven't seen him in a long time. Please welcome to the stage Ray McManus and Ben Elwood. This is very nice. It's Hi, everybody. A, it's great oh, being a middle-aged be man because you can have Adelaide. seats. <laughs> You're right. You can take it out of the stand. You, you, no, like, you I can, don't know how you this can do works. That. <laughs> I'm new to this. Be gentle. Oh my God! You, you, you're new to this, aren't you? I this am. whole microphone thing. There's oh. heaps of episodes of Rove Live there. <laughs> this could really open some doors for me, guys. So yeah, just. That was, uh, that was good. All right. That's what happened on the Channel 9 version, wasn't it? It was just six episodes of you trying to get the mic out of the stand. Well, no, it was, yeah, it was the first ep. I got it nearly all the way out of the end bit and then yeah. three more eps of untangling it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it on but, but yeah, I put a bit of Roe v. Sizzle on it, so it really worked. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, I had some quips. Boom, yeah. done. Yeah, thank goodness. Two what? Logie nominees that year. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I won't let that go, will I? It's really sad. You Hi, Hammer. Happy was... birthday. Thank you. It's not. And... Uh... <laughs> not yet. It's great. Let's not round up. Let's not round up. <laughs> I'm holding on. And I'm holding on to my 40s for dear life. So, so uh, I was, thought we might start with uh, Rove. I don't know if you know this about him, uh, Benjamin. But, uh, is my shirt not a giveaway? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it for is those a giveaway. listening at home. Big, uh, big wrestling fan. I am. I love of course grown men. Fan. I love grown men in spandex pretending to hit each other. Right. That's yeah. just who I am. You can't change me. Yeah, right. that's the the first reason why you came to Adelaide, and it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it sounded kind of dirty. That an Adelaide crowd is just, yes, yeah, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. That no, makes no, sense. We'll wear it. Fine. Who was uh, who was your first uh, wrestler? That you My first liked? wrestling crush. Yeah. Was Andre the Giant? Yeah, great. Yes, and then and then as it turns out, not only was he my favourite wrestler, he ends up in one of my favourite movies of all time, The Princess Bride. Oh yes. Anybody anybody want a peanut? (laughs) What what was it about Andre? Were you kind of as a child afraid of him? Because he's like quite because he was huge. He was larger than life, which is everything that makes pro wrestling great. It's theatre, it's (laughs) over the top, and he was the epitome of that. In old school measurements, seven foot four, five hundred pounds, the eighth wonder of the world. And he was the the big friendly giant, and and the year he went, I'm gonna become a bad guy. (laughs) I was pro Andre, kicking the ass of Hulk Hogan, which was my brother's guy at WrestleMania three. Nearly a hundred thousand people to go see that match. And did Andre kick Hulk Hogan's ass? No, he didn't. He lost. Ah. <laughs> he was a bad guy. But he's a bad guy. Bad guys don't win. That's the beauty of wrestling. It's it's storytelling. And uh, where, where was it first on? Was on was it on Channel Ten to begin with? Or I don't know. Channel Ten didn't exist when I first saw it. It was the first WrestleMania. Old, old man McManus. <laughs> yeah, back in my day, we had we. Do you know what? I feel I am a few years away yeah. from having a conversation with my daughter, who is currently eight. But having a day where I say to her, you remember when we were all like gaga for, I can't believe we pay for water in bottles when it's in a tap. Me saying to her, back in my day, we didn't have to pay you to watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) It was free. And she'll go, what? (laughs) 
your uh, uh, your daughter. And I'll say, why did you? How did you get a microphone? <laughs> no, uh, it was the very first WrestleMania. I'm right. sure, even if you don't know wrestling, you've probably heard the phrase WrestleMania. It was a big, you know, the, the they call it the Super Bowl of wrestling, the Grand Final of wrestling. Yeah. So it's a once a year event, and this was the first year that they decided to basically the the, the promoter of the then WWF yeah. went. I'm going to put everything I have, everything I own, on this one event that will make us a global sensation. And if it didn't work, he would have just gone bankrupt. And it absolutely worked. That was 1984. Right. And are you at a stage in your life in 1984 where you think it's real? Yes. Wow. Yeah. How old were you know. when you realised it wasn't? I was... <laughs> <laughs> Is this you, about to wait, be an wait, intervention? Wait, wait. You mean it's not? <laughs> Uh-oh. My money just finding this out now. <laughs> uh, it was the year I didn't find out was WrestleMania 4. It was, I knew it, there was something, there's something about it. There's something about the theatrics of it. As yeah. you get older, you kind of, you know, I'm probably at the right age of, you know, 10, when it, 10, 11 when it first starts. And by the time you're sort of hitting that mid-teen stage is when you start to go, yeah, it's just something not quite right about it. Yeah. And it's like the, the Santa Claus thing and the Father Christmas thing. And, you know, we're all grown-ups here. Anyone listening to this, you know, yeah. there's no kids listening to you guys oh, talk no. about Thor, Love and Thunder. Fuck, I so, hope not. <laughs> I really going, well, hope not. if they are. My, my daughter coming sobbing into, I've just listened to a podcast. Why is Uncle Ben so angry? Because <laughs> Marvel has subsumed all culture. So there's something in the back of your head that says, I think I get how this works. But the day that, uh, even now, there was, so there, it was WrestleMania 4. It was the Honky Tonk Man <laughs> versus Brutus Beefcake. Now let me set this up. WrestleMania 4. Okay. Up until this moment, I thought it was completely real, Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe when he was born, Mr. and Mrs. Beefcake said... <laughs> <laughs> or Mr. and Mrs. Tonk Man. <laughs> Let's meet our son, Honky. <laughs> so this was WrestleMania 4. So we're at, we're at uh, uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey, which is like the Las Vegas of the East Coast of America. And uh, in, a, in a year where this is their big s- super show of the year yeah. and it's to, to crown a new heavyweight champion of the world with a tournament, but... In, in between these tournament finals, they have to fill it with other matches, and one of them is for one of their middle sort of titles, the intercontinental title, held by the honky-tonk man, whose gimmick is that he's an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> and he's fighting a man called Brutus Beefcake, whose finishing move is a sleeper hold where he puts his opponent literally to sleep so he can cut their hair, earning him the nip- nickname The Barber. How I never twigged that if this only, was not legit. If only it Elvis was real. Versus Elv- a bad Elvis impersonator versus a hairdresser. <laughs> yeah. But there was a, a, a moment where Honky has El- uh, Brutus in a headlock and he delivers a punch and normally they're really good at getting like a reverse angle or something, but this was like a really low angle. And watching it again today... I tried to pause at the... I knew the exact moment when it came. There's a punch and it misses by a country mile. This yeah. punch misses. And Brutus does what they call the big sell, which is like, you. oh, you throw your head back. Like, yeah. oh, my God, that hit me really hard. I couldn't today, using the internet, pause and still frame. But this was one of the first times when it first came out that I could pause on a VHS tape 
and frame by frame by frame. And I saw this punch come up and it just was air, absolute air. And then that's when I went, I fucking love this. <laughs> it's not real and I couldn't be happier. Well, it was now I can enjoy it. Well, it was always it doesn't matter who wins and who loses. Well, it was always a, a weird argument when people go, you know it's not real. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not fun. Like there's heaps of things that aren't real. That yeah. are heaps of fun. Did you say that when Ben was going batshit crazy at Love and Thunder? You know they're acting, right? No, <laughs> no. We were too scared of him. We thought he Bad was going to have Bad acting, though. Isn't, isn't the term for it kayfabe? That's, That's the, the term. wrestling term, kayfabing, where everyone's kind of in on the joke. So right. they like used everyone to knows be that it's fake. One of the right. worst things you could ever do as a wrestler yeah. was if you were in a, an on-screen feud with another person. If yeah. you were the good guy and you were having a, an argument that needed to be settled in the ring with the bad guy, yeah. if you were seen out grabbing coffee or a drink in the real world, you could be fired for that. Yeah. So, yeah, there was... There was that that's was, like that's you and Carl Sanderlands, isn't that's it? Like exactly, you can't, yeah. Uh, we, we just catch up on a daily basis. Yeah. Just for good times. Yeah. And to talk about how I own a house and he still rents. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Relatable road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> multiple houses, multiple houses. What's, uh, what was your first introduction to wrestling? Uh, I was never a wrestling guy, but my first introduction was... But it was, was always seen, there. It's always it was there. always there in the background, but I just thought it was fucking lame. Uh, yeah. I got introduced to it through Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Uh, mm. It's a documentary called I'm From Hollywood. Uh, and it's... If anyone doesn't know Andy Kaufman, he, was, he played... Uh, Lutka? Lutka. Yeah. Lutka in, in taxi. taxi. So if you don't know Taxi, it would have been like... Kramer at the height of his success before he flipped out and was a racist weirdo. Uh, like the height of his success and in the middle of shooting Taxi, he declared himself a pro wrestler that would only wrestle women. Correct. And he would hire out rings in the yeah. middle of Texas and do these crazy shows. And he'd, and he'd rent public access Texas TV stations where he'd go on TV two days before and be like, hey, Texas, I'm the rich Jew from Hollywood and I'm here to teach you how not to smell like a dirty southerner. And like, cre he created this whole notion of the heel right. and the wrestling villain. And that's how I got into... When well, he was actually playing a very popular character on a very popular comedy show. It was crazy. And, everyone and that's in America where thought some of you may have seen the classic David Letterman interview yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. where there's a wrestler called Jerry the King Lawler who gets up and slaps Kaufman across the face and he wears his neck, neck brace. Yeah. That's all around that era. You know, I, I got introduced to wrestling through a documentary as well, a little documentary called Rocky Three and uh, <laughs> Thunderlips. Thunderlips. Hulk yes. Hogan. Mate, I was fucking scared for Rocky. Like he comes out and well, that was the huge. crest. That was the the crest of the wave that led yep. to the first WrestleMania was yep. uh, because they got Mr. T in yep. to help out with that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was the rise of, of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So there you go. Incredible doco, too. All the docos in the Rocky series are fantastic. <laughs> so I'm a big fan. So even if you – it's one of those things that even if you if you don't watch it, and I, and I get why you don't, like most people would be surprised to know it's still going. Yeah. yeah. They are in the – you know, for me saying I watched the first WrestleMania, they are coming close to uh, hitting WrestleMania 40 in a few years. That's right. where they're at. And, uh, you, know, it, you know, you might not – you know Hulk Hogan. 
You, you may or may not know John Cena if, uh, if you've uh, seen some of, uh, you know, some popular culture, you know, films. Peacemaker. The Peacemaker. He's yeah. great in The yeah, Peacemaker. Yeah. Or apologising to China for recognising Taiwan as a There nation. is that That's as well. Yeah. That's one of his uh, finest and performances. Of, and, uh, and, of course, uh, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson yeah. is, is another one that's come through the ranks there. Did you bring any wrestling skills to your comedy? Catchphrases. Yeah. <laughs> There's, if you smell what The Rock is cooking. Yeah. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Yeah. Say hi to your mum for me. Yeah. The three greats. I'm not lying. Like, I learned very early on. You know what a popular wrestler has is a catchphrase. Yeah. So I got one. Do you, Actually, do you, I had heaps. What the? That was another one? Yeah. It's on a lot of shirts. Is it generally agreed? Did I mention the houses? Is it generally... <laughs> Is it generally agreed in the wrestling community that it's all fake or are there still some people that hold on to the dream that it's real? They, many years ago, right. had to come out and say, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a work is the term they use. It's fake. They never use the term fake. They don't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will say it's predetermined. Uh, they why, s- why do they have to admit that? Well, there was a, a wrestler who was sued because he got into a fight at a bar and a guy said to him, like, you've crippled me for life because you gave me a particular finishing move called the pile driver. Well, you pick someone up with their head, their head is between your legs and their, and their legs is between your head. So they're literally upside down. Yeah. Reverse 69, but they can't say that. <laughs> yeah. And then you sit down and their head basically gets compressed into the mat is the idea. And so he said, that guy did that move to me and therefore now I'm suing him because I can't walk. And the wrestler had to say, if I legitimately did that, you, you would be crippled. And you're not crippled. You're, you're wearing a neck brace like Andy Kaufman, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're not crippled. Because if I really did that move, you would be. And we, and we don't. We, the way we do it is we protect each other. And that's one of the things that people maybe don't appreciate about wrestling is for what they do to each other. And this is coming from a guy who once put a finishing move called a camel clutch onto his sister and she stopped breathing for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. There is a skill to not killing yeah. people and there was that, when you do this. Was that also the first what the? <laughs> <laughs> I took down two very crucial notes that night. <laughs> Catchphrases are important and don't actually hurt anybody with these moves. Uh, Ben, we, uh, you know, you weren't quite into the wrestling when you were younger. No. What was your uh, big influence as a young guy? Uh, <laughs> so I went to, uh, Adelaideans might not know the Northern Beaches of Sydney, but that's where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, the Northern Beaches of Sydney is where they film Home and Away. Sure. So you can imagine... Avalon, my own stomping ground. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Avalon. You can imagine this didn't... Go over too well in Avalon. No, I can't imagine. Yeah, you tubby little Jew. No. Uh, and, so, <laughs> and so I was in. I, I was like, I went to Manly High School. My family forced me to go there because it was a selective school. So I was suddenly in the northern beaches at the age of twelve, trying to fit in. And in the nineteen nineties, there was this idea of masculinity. You know, like well, you were at Manly High School. You're at Manly fucking high school, mate. <laughs> Very good. Can I just say? <laughs> I get it's pandemonium at the live big squid. I get such a kick out of being in Manly anytime I'm in Manly because uh. there is a Manly Aquarium. Yeah. Yeah. There was. There's a Manly Aquarium. There's a, a, a Manly Gallery. They even have Manly 
cabs. They have their yeah. own taxi. Manly yeah. cabs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called Manly Once you cabs. go over the Spit Bridge, it's like I'm the, the the north of Sydney is divided by an ancient drawbridge that goes up like that. And it's completely redundant. It's but true. I'm, I'm convinced yeah, yeah, they yeah, keep yeah. it there to keep yeah, the city yeah. folk out. Like it's a real kind of like, you know, <laughs> this is our fucking territory, mate. Yeah. Like it's it's the Shire, but even worse. Uh and so Scott Morrison was from the Shire, so you can imagine how bad it was. Uh so I was going to high school there. Everyone was into Nirvana and footy. And I was like, I didn't, you know, I'm not into that at all. What are you into at that point? What am I into at that point? Comic books, yeah. uh, cartoons, Ew. that kind of stuff. Yeah, with fucking gay shit, man. Like that was the yeah. response that I was always How getting. How did wrestling not factor on your radar? Um, I think it was but too... But this is tailor-made for you. I think, it was too, I think it was too macho for me. Or at least I perceived it to be too macho. Hot guys fucking tearing things. Brutus like, Beefcake uh, was too macho for you. <laughs> <laughs> My God. So I'm into all this nerd stuff, and but I'm pretending to be into the stuff that my friends are into. So I'm like, yeah, I, I like darts and bowling. You're hanging out with fucking RSL people? What are you talking about? All my 50-year-old friends. That was the view of masculinity I had. Like, I pretended to be into poker and darts because I thought that's what men were into. It was so fucking weird. Uh, And it felt like I was living this horrific lie. And then one uh, night, my mother and I were on our way to see The Mask. Jim Carrey's The Mask. 1994. Ooh, somebody's oh, somebody stop me. And uh, we're driving along and uh, the time warp from Rocky Horror Picture Show comes on. The yeah, radio. yeah. And I start singing along. Of course you did. And she it's was like... Just to the left. What are you meant to do? And then a step to the right. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm like singing along and she was kind of taken aback. She's like, oh, have you seen Rocky Horror Show? I'm like, no, I just know this. I, I think it's one of those songs that's just kind of seeped into cultural osmosis. Like, everyone knows that song, even though I don't even know it's from a musical. And she starts describing the musical that it's from. This crazy musical <laughs> full of transvestites yes. and cannibalism and just weird shit. And I'm kind of like, whoa, this sounds really freaky. And then she's like, yeah, it was really big in, w- with the queer community and gay people. And now my haunches are going up because I'm at Manly High School and gay people are fucking terrified. Like 1994 in Manly, gay people were like absolutely terrifying. When I admitted to my friends that I masturbated, their reaction was, oh, oh, that, that makes you gay, man. You like touching dicks. Right. <laughs> like, I think the pleasure my dick is receiving outweighs the pleasure my hand is receiving in this equation, right? Mm. I don't, I'm not so sure. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that, was, that was my next catchphrase idea. Right. <laughs> Right, not, not as marketable. <laughs> like massive. I'm like, McManus. The pleasure my hand is getting. Pleasure my dick is receiving. Yeah, it's very, conv- that's been very convoluted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mum's But don't it was like that it kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Like I came from a European family. You try and hug a friend, and they were like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" Yeah. You know, and that kind of like bleeds into your consciousness, even if you're not necessarily homophobic yourself everyone's freaking out and then one time in year seven i had a dream where i had sex with professor plum from the game cluedo and like seriously and like did you do him with a candlestick in the the ballroom in the ballroom absolutely right in the ballroom i don't do that fucking gag because it would seem like the dream wasn't real but the dream was real i had (laughs) sex with professor plum i had sex wrestling still real to me damn it i accidentally masturbated over the middle hansen brother thinking it was a girl right I have a feeling you're not alone with that one. Seriously. Uh, yeah. and I'm then still, when I found I'm out, still waiting for where this right. crosses wow. with wrestling. I'm waiting for the moment. Are we all waiting? <laughs> we can see it coming. 
We've all masturbated over board games. Like, I've gone fucking bonkers over Hungry Hungry Hippos. Oh, so hungry. <laughs> the snakes. Oh, oh my God. Going down that snake before up the ladder again. Woo! <laughs> Oof. i got something to trap your mouse right here. What? What does that even mean? You're in trouble. And then most, most times it's just kaplunk. <laughs> That's a good bit. I'm writing that down. But I was so homophobic at the time, I couldn't even recognise how hilarious it was to have sex with Professor Plum. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's like, a sad, oh, that's fucking that's a sad place to be. Yeah, you know what I mean? You don't yeah, even realise sure. how fucking funny that it's is. Scarlet, sure, but not Professor Plum. <laughs> <laughs> have, so, you ever, have you ever watched wrestling? Uh, no. And you? Yeah. You have? Yeah. No. There must I've, have been... I've been like, I feel like it's one of those things at some point... At the risk of going there, as I always do with Doctor Who, it's one of those things like, it feels like at some point it came into your life and then you went back out again. Yeah. But it feels like at some point, it like just, to sh- just with, with the audience, this round of applause, like at some point did you kind of like at least sort of at, watch a little bit of wrestling? Yeah, yeah right. Even when like, it kind of had its, another resurgence in the late 90s with what they called the Attitude Era, that was Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Flip and the Bird and... There's a lot of, you know, swearing. I think all my high school friends were into it, so I was kind of repelled by it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, that's how it was. That kind of like, all the 80s, yeah. that 80s yeah. rock and wrestling era with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and Rowdy yeah. Rodder Piper and the Junkyard Dog was a big one oh. for like, as kids. I was against heaps of things just because other people were into them. I yeah, went yeah, to Woodville yeah. High School and I was fucking against Cold Chisel because everyone yeah. was into Cold Chisel. <laughs> and then I was like 34 and I saw Gatesy and Scott uh, doing karaoke and they were singing a song and I turned around to Gleason And I said, what's that song? And he was like, uh, Bow River. I said, who's that by? And he said, uh, Cold Chisel. And I was like... I've never heard Cold Chisel. So then I bought a best of, went home, listened to it, and uh, at the end of the Greatest Hits uh, album, I went, oh, they're quite good, aren't they? <laughs> I've really been missing out. Cold Chisel are fucking yeah. fantastic. Quite good. Cold Chisel, quite good. Quite good. <laughs> that was my catchphrase. <laughs> Tattooed across my chest. Hang on, I still want to work out what happened with your homophobic upbringing in Manly. Well, yeah, so... Your manly was, like, homophobic So it was around this time that mum <laughs> suggested we go... So mum, mum brings, like, the idea of Rocky Horror into my world. Yeah. Uh, and so I was, like, peak homophobia. Like, I, at the time, I remember I was doing this ancient Greek divination method called Kledon, where you fucking, like, ask the universe a question and whatever you... Like, you open a book and whatever the words are there, they give yeah. you an answer. Yeah. Isn't it great how the universe always gives you what you want when you put it out to the universe? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When well, I put it out to the universe that uh, someone will bring me a drink in the next two minutes. <laughs> He's Rove McManus, guys. Oh, the, the universe is shit. <laughs> All right. He owns two houses. Bring him a drink. <laughs> I, was standing at a, I was standing at a crossing with my eyes closed at 13 going, am I gay? Am I gay? And when I opened my eyes, no shit, a bus pulled up with a ad for a like a nutritional product and the caption said you only hate it because you haven't tried it (laughs) 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 so anyway this is all the background i'm in the car with mom she's like yeah it's this crazy queer musical full of transvestites uh and oh wait it's friday night and we're on our way to the mask why are we going to go and see the fucking mask when we can do a fucking u-turn and head into the city and see a midnight screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. So in Sydney at the time, like the, the the George Street in Sydney now, there's one massive cinema and it's like the Megaplex, like the event cinema with the, the crazy 4D seats and shit. But in the 90s, it was three cinemas and they were dingy as fuck. Like burgundy seats with springs 
coming out of them, big grease stain on the screen. That like was me. That, like, was me. that one was me. That was yeah. you? <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Drop some chips. It was like the porno theatre that De Niro goes to in Taxi Driver. Just like fucking grim. So <laughs> we fucking U-turn. <laughs> wow. Oh. There we go. Hey. Jesus. Thank there you, Tom Gleeson. Oh. Yeah. From one gold Logie winner to another. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, sir. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. You really are powerful. <laughs> That's what three gets you. <laughs> so mum says, we're seeing Rocky Horror instead of The Mask. We yeah. U-turn. We head away from the safe suburbia of Warringah Mall and we head into the <laughs> fucking city. And I, I, did anyone here ever see a live performance of Rocky Horror at the cinema. Oh yes. yes. Yeah. Amazing. So it was like a people full get in, up. people like people they, are in costume, they interact, they're like spraying you with water during the rain parts. Yeah. Like it's a full thing. We we had that in Adelaide and also down at Glenelg Cinemas we had a live fight club one. So <laughs> everyone get down just fucking punch on and not be weird about it. It was good. Nineties <laughs> were great. So we get I could see you doing a one man interstellar. Yeah. All the lines, yeah. the whole thing. In 60 minutes. We- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do a one-man Better Call Saul where I do all six seasons <laughs> in, in one episode, but it filled a little bit in. See? So. <laughs> so we arrive at this dingy George Street cinema. I'm like 13 years old, trying to be a man, pretending he's into darts and poker and <laughs> terrified of gay people. And we walk into the lobby and there's like people in garter belts and people in corsets and like men dressed as women and women dressed as men and this was like hugely confronting and mum is like chuckling she thinks it's fucking hilarious watching me like and so we walk in and a a woman dressed as columbia from the movie fantastic comes up to me and she goes how old are you and i'm like 13 and she pushes me down in a chair straddles me and goes, hey, everyone, we got a virgin. We got a virgin. And she pulls out a stick of red lipstick and draws a V on my head. Yeah. And it's still there. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And this was the start of this experience. And so we get ushered into the cinema. Anyway, it was this completely revelatory experience. It was like something I'd never seen before. By the end, I was like kind of horny, but like not freaking out anymore. And the whole thing just kind of, I don't know, it, it, it allowed me to f- realise that the stuff I was pretending to be into was so kind of yeah. pedestrian and yeah. safe. And then all of a sudden it was this movie that was like sexy and funny and kind of scary and like all these different range of emotions all through it. And then I think after that I was able to kind of go back to school and feel like I could... Admit that I was into comics and admit yeah. that I was into all this weird shit that people were like, let's fucking go, and not really give a shit anymore. So when it, you're drawing a V on everyone's forehead, yeah, they were yeah, fine, yeah, 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 fine with that? Yeah, they were fine with that. Yeah, they were fine with that. Okay, cool. Yeah. But then, you know, with, then, your, with, your glo- <laughs> with your golden uh, glitter 
top hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Straddling everybody. everybody. But that's it. You know, that's the thing. Most prejudice comes from not being around. Exposed uh, to it. And Absolutely. being exposed. Like, I was lucky. Uh, Mum had uh, lots of gay friends when I was young. I didn't know they were gay. They were just really handsome guys who were really smart, really into art, looked great in leather pants and were all hairdressers. But I had no idea <laughs> that they were gay. And, I w- and to the extent that it was years later, like, I was walking down the street and then I remembered a moment where we were all hanging out and uh, I must have been about nine at the time and Mum said, oh, do you want to get a dessert? I said, oh, yeah. And she said, what do you want to get? I said, I want to get a banana split. And the two friends were like, oh, we love banana splits. I said, I do too. <laughs> and they, and uh, they said, what do you want to get on it? I said, I'd like to get some cream on it. And they said, oh, we should get some cream. I said, we should get some cream. And then they said, what about sprinkling some nuts on it? I said, I love nuts. Let's put nuts on it. <laughs> and should we squeeze something on top of it? Let's squeeze everything on top of it. And they said, we like squeezing things too. I said, let's get banana splits. And we ate the banana splits and we had a really good time. And I was literally 28 walking down Brunswick Street in Fitzroy and I thought, those fucking gays, right? <laughs> I had no idea. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. All right, give it up for Rove McManus and Ben. Acknowledge Oliver. me, Adelaide. Thank you very much. So, okay, we're going to bring out our next guest uh, for fans of the Big Squid podcast. He helps uh, host the Pass the Amel segment where we... uh, Yes, if you don't know what the segment is, you're thinking, fuck, is Adam Richard coming out? No. Uh, R.I.P. But anyway, a few in-jokes for a few people from Adelaide. But anyway, this gentleman hosts the Pass the Amel uh, segment where we look at Osbolitation films. And he is an author. He has a book out at the moment, so I thought we'd come out and have a little bit of a chat to him. Please welcome to the stage, Garth Jones. There we go. A little bit of literary beefcake for the show. How are you, Garth? I'm all right. How are you? You're good, good. You just flew in today. I did. Yeah. Twice. Tried to. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cancelled flight. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Right. We made it. Yes, you did make it. Well, you're originally a Broken Hill boy, aren't you? I am indeed, yes. Yeah, so you know Adelaide like the the back of your... Yeah, Cask wine. <laughs> uh, I did see a goon bag earlier on the walk in. I felt like I was at home immediately. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. You can get, you can pick it up and you smell it. I reckon that was cast about three weeks ago. Um, it's got a good body to it. <laughs> Don't spill it on the on the skin. I saved it for later. Yes, please yeah, do. Exactly. Your uh, book, Homebrewed Vampire Bullets, is out and uh, it's how, coming out. Oh, it's not in. in, in on Halloween. Hang on, I'm holding one. Yeah, but they're pre-orders. Oh, yeah. okay. And we might give some away later. We? Yes, yeah. we can do that. Some Simon Sherry artwork in these uh, limited yes. editions. They look fantastic. Uh, for people who don't understand the exploitation uh, genre, can you explain it to them? Um, I guess we're talking about stuff that's transgressive uh, a little bit. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, of, a, of the 70s and 80s before we gave too much of a fuck about our cultural production. Yeah. Things that were, yeah, like, you know, film a, do a film, someone dies, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was a high death just rate. Film it. Yeah, it was great. We'll, yeah. we'll put it in the trailer, and people yeah. will go along. And just watch the head splat across the road. You know, that's cool. It's yeah. funny because we've been uh, covering a lot of uh, the exploitation movies, uh, and some of them have been fantastic, like Dogs in Space, etc. I don't know if you know this. We got a lot of angry emails from people who thought that we talked up Howling Three, and uh, then when they watched it, they went, "That was a piece of shit," and I felt like they were talking it up. Uh, uh, well. <laughs> Above and beyond. It's I like, know. I it's a perfect film. Like I was, like I loved it because it had a Bill Collins uh, cameo. Like uh, if you're gonna have a Bill mouse Collins in a rubber suit, mate. Can like so? There's a scene <laughs> where a woman ends up pregnant with a wear baby, and you see uh, the fetus crawl out of her into the pouch. Yes. And how did they film it? Uh, I think it was, it was a mouse in a rubber suit in reverse. Yeah, great. <laughs> Mate, that's what the Australian uh, c- cinema experience is missing at the moment. Just a bit of know-how like that. Just what don't tell Peter, everything will be fine. What the fuck's going on? Like, yeah. Nothing, what? All these art house shit. Yes, yes. It was, <laughs> so we, we're, we're starting to get a bit Warren Perzo here yeah, for a moment. Well, so I can do that. <laughs> I talked to Tony the other day. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> that's a, it's such a funny uh, genre and it's, uh, the, the, the name, Osploitation, actually comes from Quentin Tarantino, doesn't it? It does, it does. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, there's a documentary called Not Quite Hollywood that came yeah. out uh, about 14 years ago. Yeah, uh, directed by Mark Hartley, um, and that's sort of the first time we've looked at the sort of cinematic history of Australia and thought that's actually quite good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were they called before that? It was the new wave of Australian new cinema. New wave, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that and covered a lot of stuff. You know, there was a, a heap of cinema that was actually higher brow. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a lot of the, yeah, that was all lumped in together, and then they decided that we had a sort of branching sort of modes of cinema, I guess. Yeah, and lots of great directors came through that and then went on to lots of wonderful things. What uh, inspired you to get into the genre? Uh, I was thinking, I heard Ben Elwood's story earlier about working in a call centre at Dan Murphy's. Yeah. Um, And it it reminded me of something that one of my first jobs was as a graphic designer for like a phone sex line. Um, That's a good (laughs) sentence. (laughs) And I feel like you should lead with that every time you introduce yourself to it. G'day, my name's Gar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not technically true. It's probably yeah something something less exciting. But yeah, it was like one of the first jobs that I had. And um, as a kid from Broken Hill, growing up in the eighties and nineties, you'd have you know porno magazines that you'd find around the place. Sure. Uh, you know. I come from a single mum background. That yep. never happened. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be mind blokes leaving them out <laughs> at the train right. station. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was like a, a, a dream job uh, to my classmates growing up and you'd had a wall of CDs because it was like 1999 and they were all full of porn. Right. <laughs> and you had to design ads that went in the Clio magazines, the 
Penthouse, the Playboys, all the rest. Right. But the other kicker was you had to answer the phone to people who wanted to actually get to the porn. Right. On the double double five numbers. Right. So you'd have a guy who was enthusiastic. You could hear him, like, breathing heavily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he'd be fucking furious that you had to take his credit card details. Right. <laughs> before he could get through to literally a woman with an ironing board who was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, I'm stroking it. Oh, I'm stroking it. It's like, yeah, yeah. no, nah, it's good. I'm really into oh, you. You're great. More, more, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Actually, sounds like a good way to make money. I reckon I, I could one do guy that. Actually, just finished when he heard me and then yeah. hang up. So it was, yeah. Yeah, I accidentally did that to Craig Egan. If you heard oh, what I was talking absolutely. about earlier, <laughs> that, that beard alone. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's where you were working, and that's then where I was working at the time. And uh, I guess, yeah, so yeah, I guess coming back, yeah, in that sense, that's where I sort of realised that not giving a fuck and just like taking all that stuff on board and eventually processing it into a project. Yeah, uh, might have taken. 20 years because I was misbehaving in between. Yeah, but, uh, having a fucking good time. <laughs> That's what you were doing, time. my friend. Yeah, kicking off. Yeah. That's all right. And you're still here. So guess yeah, what? Lessons learned. Yeah. None. It's great. <laughs> uh, so Less beers had than I would have previously. <laughs> <laughs> What's the... Uh, do you want to describe uh, what happens uh, roughly in this book? Uh, it is a mongrel punk road narrative uh, about a undead pub rocker called Ed Von Satan that goes on the road with a group of uh, rock chicks from Adelaide, actually. Yep. So they had to get Adelaide in there. Yep, you know uh, they're all from Adelaide. They pronounce in. it correctly. Lego. Lego. Yeah, thank you. And Goombag. And, um, <laughs> yeah, they go on the road uh, unwittingly to uh, basically un- untie the apocalypse. Yeah. Not too many words, yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's a trilogy of novellas that's yep. coming out over the next six months. Uh, it's got a score by a guy called John Shawk from Seattle. Yes. Now, there's, uh, there's QR codes in this. So, when you're reading it and you put your phone up to it, you, it takes you to uh, a soundtrack and you can actually listen to music that has been created for this to book as well. To you back to the start of the COVID. Yeah. yeah. That's the idea, yeah. Yeah. you back on that QR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember, yeah, it was before, <laughs> before COVID, it was yeah. like, QR, what the Bullshit. fuck is that? And then halfway through, it's like, QR, I'm right across it. We're into it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so when does this come out? Halloween. Halloween, yes. perfect. And but you have a few copies here tonight? I've got a few copies. All right. Uh, we might be able to, like, I don't yeah. know, what do you think? Well, what, uh, what we'll do is uh, at the, in the next break, yep. we'll have you over sure. at the back part of the bar. And if anyone, whoever gets up there first, if you can uh, grab one of these, you've got a... They'll but, be very much free. Yes, yes. Yeah. and you can uh, check it out first and then you can give it a read and then uh, talk about it online. But uh, mm-hmm. if you want to get your hands on this... Uh, also comes uh, with a pack, a little fucking stubby holder, mate. Yeah. So, uh, which will be great. I couldn't afford the condoms. Yeah, next time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> when things get sexier yeah, for the second I volume. Green bags. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Give it up for Garth Jones. Yes, uh, thank you. Great. You can tell I'm middle-aged. It's a bit of jazz. So uh, we're going to bring out our next lot of guests. Uh, the first of these guests is an old friend of mine. You may know him from Breakfast Radio on Triple J. And uh, joining him is a wonderful friend of ours who's been on the podcast before. Please welcome to the stage, Anna Spencer and Georgia Mooney.
There we go. Fucking Spence is loaded. What is this? The big day out? What's happening here? Bring it on. I was out the back. Yeah. Jerking off over a game of trouble. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I could hear it. Oh. Woo. It was mathematically correct. It was just the same fucking beat. What are the odds of rolling that? My goodness! <laughs> and, and and here's poor Georgia Mooney to class up the joint. And it's like, fuck! I wish I hadn't said yes to this. <laughs> what a beast! Look at that beautiful dulcimer, yes, that sits upon her lap. What a beautiful instrument! Showing off that he knows the name. Yep. He he just asked five minutes yep. ago. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, you've been a musician your whole life, or was this something that came a, a little bit later? In mm. uh, was it a well, primary school thing? Were you born a musician? <laughs> well, maybe you don't know. Some people are. Love it. I don't think I came out singing, but there's no way of knowing. I suppose yeah. I could have. Yeah. Um. Wouldn't it be awesome? <laughs> yeah. If a baby came out singing. Yeah. Like, Flame well, trees <laughs> will find the rivers. Like, fucking hell. Well, I guess we know who the father is. <laughs> yeah. Bang! Listen now to the wind, baby. (laughs) (laughs) An impressive grasp of language as well. Yeah. Amazing. Barnsey does have a lot of kids, to be fair. Yeah, he's he's very good at it. So statistically, at least one of them must have sung (laughs) out of the womb. Yes. So... (laughs) It's just a bell I shouldn't have started talking to Georgia, who uh, is obviously trying to fucking put everything together. I'm like, yes, anyway, just trying to talk to more questions to you. So uh, when did you start to learn to play instruments and uh, who was your inspiration? Well, well, well. Um, uh, Well, this (laughs) this instrument I actually won in a raffle. Right. Yeah. Which which prize was it? First, second, third? (laughs) Shockingly, first. Yeah, and right. It's niche for a first prize, but I was thrilled. We got, well, what was the... Like, I've been in a lot of raffles in my yes. time. Famously. What was the competition that they're going, you know, $5 each? Yeah. Yeah. It's free for 10 Yeah. First prize, a dulcimer. Second prize, <laughs> a meat tray. Yeah, what was the... What was the raffle? That's Th- awesome. Third prize, uh, two tickets to Renmark Caravan Park for... <laughs> Um, well, it was at the National Fo- Folk Festival, so yeah. it was on yeah. brand. It wasn't right, the yeah. local RSL. That would be... They were clearly trying to get rid of something from the garage if it was there. But, um, yeah, it's best best five bucks I've ever spent. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a moment where you won it and you went, yes, and then you're like, fuck, I have to learn this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that... Y- yes. Could you already play something else? Were you already musical? Yes, no, I play the piano and the mandolin. But the, both of those are entirely different. So I, I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing, but I'm doing something and a sound does come out. Right. <laughs> yeah. oh, you see, I think of sex exactly the yes, same way. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. something right. and a and sound, sound comes out yeah. and yeah. I won it in a raffle. Yeah. 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 I'm at the National Folk Festival. Yeah. Best five bucks you've ever spent. Uh, yes! 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 Wow! You yeah. should see my fingering technique. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus Christ. God. Oh, everyone, we can all double thumb, can't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know it. Let's mean. kill the analogy right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. So with, with the with the people that you liked musically playing these kinds of instruments uh, at a young age or 
Well, this is the instrument that Joni Mitchell used to play a lot. She played it yeah. a lot on my very favourite album of all time, which is Blue. Yeah. Mm. Um, but and for the colour blind, green. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> or for the synesthetics, seven. Yes. <laughs> that got more of a laugh. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Hello. I've got a fucking smart audience. Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a competition, but it obviously is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but in the early days, um, my real idols were a band of um, five women. Um, there was Baby, Scary, yeah. Ginger, yeah. <laughs> Posh and Sporty. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Four, so non, th- four non-blonde. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say the cause, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just quickly, the cause, yeah. from what I recall, had... Three sisters. Yes. And the brother. Yes. Yeah. And the brother in most video clips was just giving a look down the camera of, they're my fucking sisters. Yeah. Don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, every video, he was cock-blocking the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was playing guitar, she was playing drums, he was playing cock-block. Yeah. <laughs> it's it very good too. Yeah, yeah. So what was it about the Spice Girls that appealed to you? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. They were, they're just the coolest bunch of gals ever. Yeah. Um, the songs are awesome. The costumes. Girl power is obviously yep. a real thing. And actually, um, I... <laughs> was there... There was... Could you, before, yeah, but there, no, was, there was a whole concept. Because well, when I was at Triple J, we actually... I went to... Was the movie called Spice World? Yes. yes. We, went, we went and watched that. Yeah. And the concept at the time was... Sort of like your horoscope or whatever. There's going to be one Spice Girl. Yeah. Who, who is you? You, fought, you sort of fall into one of the five. So did yeah. you have an... Well, you loved them all, but was there a Spice Girl you most resonated with out of the five? Well, I felt like I should have um, sort of a strong bond with Ginger, but yeah. actually Baby was my gal. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, which feels like a betrayal, actually, <laughs> in many ways. Yeah. Um, what about you? Did you have a favourite Spice Girl? I what would your Spice Girl name be? Oh, well, I always, I always, I always, I, I thought Posh Spice was pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, d- yeah it comes down to I that, was, doesn't uh, it? And I love that that got a reaction of mostly nothing and one yeah. guy laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was hot too. I was into the, <laughs> I was into the sixth one. I was into the librarian. Like, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, anyone good with the Dewey Decimal System does it for me. <laughs> oh. We could That's talk about the Dewey Decimal <laughs> yeah, System. Yeah, I know. Talking or dirty to this guy now. ISDN, <laughs> my friend. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wanking on library books. Yeah. yeah, what about it? No. <laughs> <laughs> only the ones with contact on them. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Really feeling like the only woman on the bill. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right now. White men are back, baby. We, uh, we were taking a beating there for a while, but I'm bringing them back. So. <laughs> we missed you. Yeah, thank you. Feels good. <laughs> Feels good to be back. We were worried for a couple of years there. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's good. Welcome back. <laughs> so you, what, what is it that you have there? Well, <clears throat> I was helping my parents clean out their garage the other day and I came up upon a, a very special historical artefact, um, which I thought I could share with you. It's a letter that I wrote. That you wrote? That I wrote, okay. yeah. Um, and um, 
I'm going to read. I'll, I'll read it. It's not too long. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to read it in the, in the tone that I feel it was written in. Fantastic. Um, okay. <coughs> Would you like me to play the dulcimer under you while you do it? <laughs> no, that's I'd, okay. Good. I'd strongly recommend you don't. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, to the best singers and dancers in the world. Wow. My name is Georgia Mooney and I am nine years old. My favourite songs out of your songs are Wannabe and Too Much and Who Do You Think You Are? Mm-hmm. Although I don't know many words to your songs, mm-hmm. I love them. <laughs> I don't have much of your stuff. All I have is five posters and actually I've whited out... Uh, it said three and then I've obviously done a recount and then whited that out. Yeah. And five posters. <laughs> you're, o- you're only nine. I mean, they're, I mean, they're yeah. big numbers. Yeah. One pencil case mm-hmm. and some puffy stickers and, which is cool, you've got to admit that's cool, puffy, puffy stickers. I know you don't, you don't specify the number of puffy stickers, <laughs> so it could have been anywhere from three to five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I remember them being so special that they could never be removed from the plastic. Yeah, God, no. No, yeah. absolutely not. You'd be Collector's items. You are dreaming. Yeah. And <laughs> the official Spice World the Movie sticker collection. Big on stickers. Yeah. Big on stickers. Yeah. I've seen Spice World the Movie and I loved it. My brother likes you guys too. His favourite Spice Girl is Mel C and my favourite Spice Girl is Emma. But I like you way better than my brother because I know more about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, you do. Sucked into him. Hmm. <laughs> it would be my dream if you could send me a letter back when you have time. I will not expect it straight away because you're busy, but if you can, I'd love it. Lots of love, Georgia. And then I've spent a lot of time on that autograph, like just so much time on that. That's better than oh. my handwriting now. Oh, yeah, for a nine-year-old, that, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's well, that's okay. back when we used to use pens. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. P.S. I believe in girl power too. Oh, yeah. That is cute. Yeah. That is cute. My favourite part of that is uh, my favourite songs of yours, which, like, uh, implying uh, there's fucking heaps that I like that aren't yours, but these are my favourite of yours. So, it's good. But also, never sent it. So, asked for a letter, but obviously never found their address. Right. Yeah, so that's a shame. Do you mean never sent it or haven't sent it yet? True. Yes. I mean, I think they're not much less busy now. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. with the greatest respect to the Spice Girls, they've <laughs> yeah. probably got a bit... If you said it now, I think they would reply. Could yeah, get all five of them. <laughs> They'd probably come with that. So when do you want to catch <laughs> yeah. up? You're like, fucking calm down, right? <laughs> i got shit on. i got to be the only woman on an all-man lineup. <laughs> fuck, I've got a lot of stuff to deal with. I'm on a podcast. Guys, yeah. get real. Yeah, yeah fuck. Yeah. Um, before we... I, I want to finish with that, but you Ooh. were pretty cool as a kid. Oh, fuck yeah. That uh, that shows. yeah. <laughs> I think that's obvious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, let, let's be honest. Really good at mathematics. Yeah. World-class debater. Yeah. Wonky eye. Yeah. Fucking hello, ladies. Yes. <laughs> it was overwhelming. I mean, it's, it's the complete package. It was too much. Exactly. <laughs> the, uh, when did... Did you have an artist like the Spice Girls? Like, did you have someone that you gravitated towards or...? Yeah, probably Pythagoras. Yes. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. just so early, yeah. so honest, yeah. so brutal. A yeah. squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah. So obvious once he'd said it, but up until then a mystery. Yeah, yeah. Did let you... me tell you, let me tell you, this is, this is my, you know, this will be cut from the podcast, but I love this. It won't. Do, do, do we remember from high school with a right angle triangle, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, you can't say, I haven't even told you what you haven't remembered yet. Yeah. You can't, no, so... When you have a right angle triangle with sides yeah. A, B, and C, yeah. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. The most yeah. common example, three squared yeah. plus four squared, nine plus 16 is 25, equals five squared. So a triangle mm-hmm. with three and four, yeah. the right would have five. Yeah. Right? They, they work that out, and that's awesome, and it's obviously true. But then they think, well, hold it. If, if a triangle is just one across and one across, one squared is one plus one squared is one. This side here would have to be something that squares to give you two, the square root of two. Now, we, we love the square root of two these days. I love yeah. it more than you guys, but we love it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but back in the day, well, that doesn't make sense because the square root of two, it's not a fraction. It's this weird number. Yeah. It creates this whole new type of number. And the Greeks, the Pythagoreans, were so terrified that they created this new sort of imperfect number. And yeah. they thought the gods have created the world and they would only create a perfect world. So even though they could see clearly this number existed, it freaked them out right. so much that when one of the Pythagoreans started talking about uh, well, with this square root of two thing, you know, the rest of them were going, no, just stop, no, it's, it's, you know, he keeps talking. They take him, these mathematicians take this guy to see and drown him. Right. Because he's talking publicly about the square root of two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's only been 2,000 fucking years. Yeah, right. Those Pythagoreans carry a grudge. Yeah, I know. Fuck, I hope there's no women ovulating here tonight. They might be pregnant after that story. It's like, Jesus Christ. Hello. You all right out there? Fuck. (laughs) That's a bit of dirty talk from Spence right there. Uh, so what was the inspiration for Young Spence? What was uh, the thing that was uh, motivating you? So, it, like, I, I, I know my shtick these days is, you know, funny maths. Guy. Like, I, 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 I got maths really early on. Right. It just made sense. And I could see people I really cared about. and It didn't quite make sense. And it just, for me, just fell into place. And I'm a pretty sort of... I'm like, I don't think in a negative way, but I'm fairly competitive. Like, I like doing well, and I could do well at maths. And maths was the sort of thing you could just do better and better at. And the more you practice, the better you got. And everyone else was going to say, and, and just, like, I just, I, 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 I had a, in like, year three or four, I had to go into hospital for an operation on my eye. And they obviously fucked it up, but um, <laughs> you should have seen it before they started. Oh, my Lord. Um, but but and, and I got back I got back to school and I'd been off for like a week, and the teacher was rapping and she said, "Don't forget tomorrow we've got the times tables competition." And I said, well, "What do you mean? You, what's the times?" She goes, "Oh, we do. Oh, sorry. In the whole week you were gone, we introduced this concept of times tables, and we've done the twos, the threes, the fours, and the fives. We're going to have a competition of whoever's best at it." And I said, "Well, sorry, what? Are they? Oh, okay." And I'd heard about this idea of times tables. And I went home and said, well, there's no way I'm fucking losing that competition. Yeah. <laughs> and I just learnt my twos and threes and fours and fives and sixes and sevens just in case she asked it. Yeah. Right? Wow. 
having not heard about what they were, I'm not. This is not as to why I'm a genius. I just loved it. Yeah. And it's one of those weird things. It's like if you if if you get it, if it makes sense, there's no such thing as a difficult maths lesson in your life until like maybe like at uni or something. Like it just it feeds itself. And it's like if you if we both liked tennis. And I hit the ball against the wall a couple of times a week, and you practice four hours a day. Fuck, who's going to be better at tennis? Yeah. You're going to love that, and you're going to do it. And this and that. Yeah, yeah. Give me your kid who and make. Give me your kid. Make me their French tutor. In six months, I'll give you a kid who can't speak fucking French. Yeah. Because I can't. Yeah. Right? But it just be, it was my thing. Yeah. And I loved it, and it fed me, and I loved it, and it fed me, and it just became this not even an obsession, just this language and way that I see the world that I accept a lot of people don't. But to me, is the only possible way to see the world that unfolds around us. And you do all that hard work and you get to this brilliant stage where you make a career out of it and then you have to put up with me sending you text messages saying, hey, mum just sent me a message saying, can you explain this thing to me? And then you send it back to me and I just write back to mum, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand what he said. <laughs> well, no, I, got, I, got, I, I, I wrote a book the other, uh, last year about how to teach kids primary school maths and yep. it came from this... A really good mate of mine sent me this, and he's this is a smart guy. Sent me this text message going, Oh, Spence, my son Teddy, who's seven years old, just asked me, Dad, why isn't one a prime number? And the text message continues, I've locked myself in the bathroom. <laughs> I can't stall him much longer. Yeah. <laughs> Please help. <laughs> and I, I just accept that I said, like, I, I, I live in a house on a street. I live at number 155. And the day I'm moving into my house, like it's like eight years ago now, and I go and say hi to the neighbour, and she's in number 153. And we're talking for maybe a minute. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, you're in number 153. Awesome number. If you take the digits one, five and three and cube them and add them up, one cubed... Plus five cubed, five times five is 125. Plus three cubed, three, 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 27, equals 153. Doesn't happen very often. Only happens 370, what? 371, and 407. That is cool. It is, <laughs> but, but that's the third thing I've ever said to my neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> and she's nervously backing towards the house. I'm going to ring the fucking cops. <laughs> just see the world a little yeah. bit differently. But also for someone who's a, uh, a mathematical <laughs> nerd, you might not know this, has had uh, a legitimately had a song in the Hottest 100. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, should have been the title. No, it was, I didn't, I didn't, didn't have it myself. No, this is great. No, no, this is so, were so, you satisfied with the number that you were on the chart? Oh, oh we, we can, good well, question. We can talk about that as long oh, as you want. I hope we do. No, so this, this, is, a very, this is funny. So we're, we're on the J and I used to, do, I do, used to do breakfast on Triple J with the incredibly talented Will Anderson and Will and I are doing the show and they used to play these little ads, these little interstitials for the different programs on the show so you know here's don't forget on Tuesday it's the Roots Hour and don't forget and that they used, we used to occasionally play these little spots for the Metal Hour and it was <laughs> Andrew Hogue had a show called The Three Hours of Power and they were great but as far as we could tell every 30 second ad, and I mean don't, no disrespect I'm sure it's a very subtle art form but if you don't really listen to much metal 
it all just sounds exactly the same. Yeah. And it's him going, this week, the latest from Children of Satan. <laughs> and we've got, how, how fucked is Jesus? <laughs> and death from my sphincter. <laughs> and it, they finish, and, and, and we, we just got nothing to talk about. So I just sort of, oh, man, I love the three hours of power. It's such a great show, blah, blah, blah. And Will says, oh, really? Um, who's your favourite? What, what, what's your... <laughs> he said, what, what's, what's your favourite type of, of all the metal? What's your favourite? I go, oh, oh, like Scandinavian death metal. I yeah. love it. Love my Scandinavian. And he goes, oh, really? Who's, like, who's really hot at the moment? And I went, ah, oh, oh, salmon hater. Salmon hater. Oh, yeah. salmon hater. There, yeah. mate. They're just, yeah, yeah. And we'll, oh, really? And I'm going, I'm giving the, and so a lot of radio is just visual. And I'm giving this look of fucking stop. I've got nothing. And he goes, what's your favourite salmon hater song? And my shit was, uh, was maths. And so with them, it's 666 is like Satan's number. So I went, ah, oh, oh, mate, they've got this single called 6.66. One percent of the number of the beast, wow. mate. It's amazing. Wow. And we have a laugh when we finish. We go fuck. Think we got out of that. And about three days later, in, in Triple J, in the this, this CD arrives in my mail pack, and I bring it out, and it's, you know, dear Adam Torv, Torv, and the boys say thanks for spreading the message of Scandinavian oh. death metal. Um, Here's, here's your complimentary copy of 6.66. Seminator. Signed, Torv. And I'm going, what the fuck, what? And we played it. And it was actually pretty funny. And it's a group of metalheads yeah. from Sydney have recorded this song that goes... 6.66 is 100 of the number of the beast. And they created this song called 6.66. And it's funny and we play it a few times. And then the hottest 100 comes around for that year. And we're playing all these promos of don't forget you can vote for Missy Higgins, who's awesome, but all these sort of yeah, yeah, whatever, this and that, motor race, yeah, uh, blah, 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 blah. And Will and I are going, and don't forget to vote for Salmon Hater, of course, with uh, <laughs> 6.66 as a piss take, right? Yeah. And then they announce the... They, they show us at the station about a week in advance the Hottest 100 list, and we thought there's a chance this might, like, scrape in. Mm. And we... We'd, sort of missed out and I went back and said oh surely it's made the top like look at some of this stuff and because it didn't really have an official name and it wasn't on the official list I said go back through the computer and find anyone who said 6.66 or salmon hater or whatever and they totaled all of those are you telling me you did a recount yeah we absolutely yeah I I I denied those electoral results (laughs) yeah we were about to storm the fucking capital yeah Oh my god! And it came twenty sixth in the hottest one hundred, <laughs> wow. which was awkwardly high. Yeah, but the best part of it, they then the next weekend they play the entire hottest one hundred on Rage with all the video clips. Oh. So they buzz us and go, oh, "Have you guys got the film clip for six point six six? Yeah, we're going. Oh, you know, we've yep, yep, absolutely. Just where do you want us to send it? We're on the radio the next day, going, "Hi, look, if you're listening, um, tomorrow you've got to come to the ABC <laughs> car park." We have to film a video clip. And we filmed it, and it's, like, awful but funny. And they still play it occasionally on Rage yeah. at, like, four in the morning. Yeah. And it's the trippiest fucking... Clearly in the ABC car park with a guy with a loose-fitting beard and codpiece jumping up and down on the front of a cab that he's arrived in to the video clip. 
Number 26 Donald Trump, mate. Right. Fucking great. Oh. Great. And we have... So if you could play that for us <laughs> right now. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Some of us have been working for a decade. <laughs> and you do a fucking radio promo. Yep, yep. Get out of here. Are you, are you still willing to play a song for us? I suppose. Thank you. Yeah! <laughs> I thought um, perhaps I would stay on, on the Spice Girls theme and do... The folky acoustic cover that no one asked for. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't mind me. Let's use the and, um, and request that perhaps you could do the backing vocals in the yeah. chorus, which I suspect you'll already know. <laughs> I know that no one actually likes participating in sing-alongs, but um, they are, I think, arguably some of the most beautiful and poetic and, and subtle backing vocals of all time. <coughs> so it goes. <coughs> Wanna make love to your baby. So please join in. Wanna make, make love, love to your baby. Have it. One more time. Wanna make love to your baby. I mean, that's, I mean, that's amazing. So we just have to imagine that I'm like drenched in 90s reverb and in the absence of a wind machine, if you could just all gently blow. (laughs) 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 Let it be. Yes, super COVID safe. Um, Okay, (laughs) here we go. I've already fucked it up. No, I haven't. Here we go. The thing I love about this is that as a nine-year-old you just have absolutely no idea that this song is blatantly about sex and you are just singing it so enthusiastically. Just when two become one. <laughs> yeah. Boys and girls 
así que... Yeah. <risa> Take it or leave it. Come a little bit closer, baby. Get it on, get it on. Cause tonight is the night when two become one. I need some love like I never needed love before. I wanna make love to you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's really good. What a beautiful song. There's mesmo. This there's always a um sort of Spanishy guitar solo. And then by surprise, I learned only last week that this next bit is about, about condoms. Be a little bit wiser, baby. Put it on, put, put it, it on. Cause tonight is the night when to become one. I need some love like I never needed love before. Put it on, baby. Put it on. <laughs> okay, intro. Had a little love. Now I'm back for more. Wanna make love to ya, baby. One for me, baby. <laughs> Spirit free. It's the only way to be. Yeah. Georgia Mooney. <laughs> Georgia Mooney, classing up the joint. <laughs> Give it up for Georgia Mooney and Adam Spencer. The Dulcimer Hottest 100. Bit of fucking salmon hater. That was fantastic. <laughs> Good work, John Blackman. Now, uh, that, uh, that brings us to the end of the second bracket. We're going to take a quick break so you can reset, grab a drink, do whatever you want to do. Uh, Garth Jones will be up the back, so if you want to get uh, a limited copy of his new book, please do so. A round of applause for everyone you saw in that bracket. Ben Elwood, Rove McManus, Garth Jones, Georgia Mooney, Adam Spencer. We'll be back in 10. Thank you. Thank you to my guests Rove, Ben, Garth, Georgia and Adam for being a part of this live event. As you know, uh, as I said at the start, I should say, on Thursday, part two will drop with guests Tom Gleeson, Adam Richard, Lima and Mickey D and the big musical finale. <laughs> Old school fans of mine, anyone who's been following me since the beginning, and the beginning was the 90s. 
you might be across who this person is and you might even be across the song that we're dropping. But anyway, it was a lot of fun and uh, there's some more surprises that will come your way. Uh, If you'd like to support the work we're doing here on the podcast, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid and you can find a tier that suits you. What that will uh, work for you is it'll unlock access to bonus podcasts, scripts and super duper discounts to live events like the one you're listening to today or my solo work like Little Victories that is appearing at the Sydney Comedy Store on the 28th of October and in Melbourne at Comedy Republic on the 26th of November. Yeah, that my first gig in Melbourne uh, since before the pandemic. Well, the pandemic's still going, let's be honest, but since uh, uh, before the lockdown, the initial lockdown, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, don't forget over at bigsquidpod.com, you can also find short stories and blogs and they're all for free. What can I say? I'm an ideas machine. I can't stop churning it out for you. Uh, Thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast and just uh, be careful out there. Until then. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.